0: What's new?
1: How is the world you? My name is Ed Peters, and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Matthew chapter 27, moving on to verse 38. In this verse, Matthew tells us that there were two thieves crucified along with Jesus, one on his right the other on his left. He also states in verse 44 that the thieves joined with the religious rulers in mocking Jesus. But that's all that we learn here from Matthew's record. So to better understand this event, let's turn to Luke's account recorded in verses 39 to 43 in chapter 23 of his book. And here's what he writes. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you are the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us, too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you even fear God when you are dying? We deserve to die for our evil deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, Today You will be with me in paradise. This is a solemn promise. So we see that during the six hours that these men were on the cross with Jesus, that one thief saw that something unusual was taking place. He recognized that Jesus was not dying for himself, but for others, and this included him. Then he turned to Jesus in faith. Now, here is verse 38 of Matthew chapter 27, Matthew's brief statement of this event. Two robbers were also crucified with him that morning, one on either side of him. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry
2: Horner. Evidently, Pilate had arranged for three crosses on the execution site for three criminals. Two were crucified with Jesus, and the third cross was probably intended for Barabbas. That would be interesting. Then Jesus quite literally died in his place. Of course, Jesus died in the place of all of us, Today, I want to focus on these two robbers, one on either side of Jesus. Matthew writes in twenty-seven 38, two robbers were crucified with him, one on his left and the other on his right. Luke adds more detail. He writes, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise, Luke 23:38-43. Jesus was placed on the cross at about nine o'clock in the morning. He hung there for six hours until he died about three in the afternoon. The two criminals were close by on either side of Jesus. Both were evil men. They are called robbers. The Greek word is kleptos. From which we get our word kleptomaniac. They were also rebels and insurgents who waged constant war against Rome. They were daring outlaws. Evidently, at first, both men mocked Jesus and blasphemed God. One thief, however, changed his mind about the Lord. The other didn't. Perhaps the repentant insurrectionist and robber saw the superscription This is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Or perhaps he just observed Jesus and changed his mind about him. Or perhaps he heard Jesus' words from the cross and concluded from them that Jesus must be who he claimed to be, the Son of God. In any case, he was about to die. His situation was desperate, to say the least. He was held up to public ridicule, and his suffering was intense. He was on the verge of entering eternity. The world and time were receding. The day of probation was expiring. The terrible fact of eternity was just ahead. I have never been knowingly at least near death. I have never stared death in the face, so I don't know what it's like. What would you do if you knew that in three hours you would step from time into eternity? This man knew without any doubt that his time on earth was almost up. One man cursed. One man prayed. It was a short prayer, but tremendous in scope, in meaning, and in significance. According to his words to the other criminal, this man believed in God and he believed they would be justly punished for their deeds, and he recognized that Jesus was guiltless and innocent. But it's his words to Jesus that are most revealing. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. His prayer was a prayer of faith. This is remarkable. He did see Jesus, and he heard him on the cross, but that's all he knew. Abraham believed, but he had the promises. Moses believed, but he saw the burning bush and heard God speak. John the Baptist believed, but he saw heaven opened. The disciples believed, but they saw the miracles. Saul of Tarsus believed, but he met Christ on the road to Damascus. What did this man see? Not very much. He saw a suffering man, half beaten to death, experiencing the shame of crucifixion. Jesus seemed to be forsaken by God and man. This thief saw no golden crown, no royal scepter, no purple robe, yet he believed that Jesus was a king and had a kingdom. He believed Jesus was Lord. He evidently believed Jesus was the Messiah. He apparently felt so strongly about Jesus that he spoke to his friend, the other criminal. He witnessed to the man. I believe he said to that man, Look, you're facing eternity. You've got at best a few hours left. You must get right with God. Time is running out. With your deeds, what can you expect in the next dimension? Perhaps he said something like that to his friend. Evidently, he believed that the soul didn't die with the body, but that the soul lived on. There is a world to come beyond this one where the impious and the unrepentant will suffer. But he believed that Jesus had a kingdom which would be different, one which he, the thief, didn't deserve. Evidently, he believed that his eternal welfare depended on his relationship to this man, Jesus, and he was absolutely right. Where will you spend eternity depends on your relationship to the Savior. Imagine how this man felt when he heard Jesus say, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. The place is heaven, the person is Christ, the time is today. This man would be with Jesus in paradise today. Evidently, when the body dies, the soul of the one related to the Lord immediately goes to be with Christ. There is no purgatory, there is no waiting, there is no soul sleep. Immediately upon death of the material body, the immaterial soul of the one who possesses the life of Christ goes to be with the Lord in heaven. I want to close with a double focus first. There were two equally wicked men. One was lost and one was saved. One was saved that no sinner might despair but only one that no sinner might presume. We dare not wait with the most crucial decision, hoping that we'll be given some time before death. Evidently, one man died the way he had lived, without receiving forgiveness for his sin. Second, the other man's conversion demonstrates the fact that no sin is unforgivable. In view of what this man was, no sinner should despair. Christ extended forgiveness to this criminal. No one is too wicked to be saved. No person is ever beyond Christ's reach. The author wrote, The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Another man wrote, Are you able to remember when a thief lifts up his eyes that his pardoned soul is worthy of a place in paradise? The greatest news any person can hear is that there is pardon and forgiveness for anyone. Jesus,
0: keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. soul shall find rest beyond the river Jesus King